1: you expect it the next time and then your body and your brain will naturally have those responses um, and it can last, this feedback loop can last for years.
0: On today's episode, Liz and I talk with Stacy Golding about positive intimate relationships and her true intimacy class. As a licensed health educator, Stacy has spent the last decade teaching at-risk youth about reproductive health. She's passionate about preparing couples for for a positive intimate relationship in their marriage. She believes everyone deserves comprehensive, research-based information about how the body works. Thus, her True Intimacy class was created. She's currently developing a class for parents to teach kids of all ages about healthy sexuality. She's also a wellness coach specializing in women and postpartum wellness. You can find Stacy on Facebook at True Intimacy and on Instagram at True Intimacy Class. And her website is trueintimacyclass.com. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Stronger Marriage Connection. I am your host, Dr. Dave, here at USU, along with the amazing co-host, this is our licensed professional psychologist, Dr. Liz Hale. We are dedicating our life's work to bring you the very best marital research, along with a few tips and tools to help you create the marriage of your dreams.
2: Yes, and today, well, Dave, let me tell you, it's a sex talk you've never had, okay? Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh yeah. Today's guest, I I love this gal, Stacey Golding. She offers a ninety minute class online called True Intimacy. It's um for engaged and newly married couples, not often taught in conservative communities. We're honored to have you, Stacy, and we acknowledge you for bridging this gap between faith based beliefs and research based information. Welcome to Stronger Marriage Connection. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. For starters, what is intimacy, Stacy? Intimacy is closeness. It's
1: being able to have hard, vulnerable conversations. It's not just being able to be um, sexual with someone. I mean, lots of people do that, but very few people actually have the intimacy to talk and have those um,
2: in-depth conversations. Boy, that is true, isn't it? I once had a supervisor who said, if couples can't talk about sex, they ought not be having it. (laughs) And and you really provide an avenue for doing that. Give us a little bit of an overview of what couples, parents, maybe who want to buy this for their newly engaged couples, can expect from your 90-minute course. So, we start off talking about how to flip that switch.
1: How, you know, a lot of these couples that are coming to me have a limited sexual experience and then they're getting married and going into this full blown sexual relationship and how to flip that switch because that can be uncomfortable for a lot of people. Um, We go through reproductive anatomy and physiology. Basic how to's, things that everybody should know how the body works, how um, men and women differ in their sex response, um, communication, consent, things that are really important.
2: Beautiful. Yeah.
0: Yeah, those things are there key, is. really, Stacy. I think uh, I had a professor who who said it this way. He said, "Intimacy is into me, you see." Right? It's kind of sounds like intimacy. Into me, you see, and I, I'll just never forget that. Uh, we just had a daughter who's married in in June. So our our oldest is our our first child to get married, and it was we had been talking with her uh, all growing up about this, and then we actually paid for her marriage counseling as well to have premarital um, counseling with her fiance at the time. So love what you're doing. I, thinking back though, what do you think as as parents? Are there some mistakes that that we often uh, make? Some things that we don't say or should say that we're not saying to our to our kids, our adult children?
1: I think the biggest issue is saying nothing. And so, Dave, I think you're kind of an anomaly. I my experience is most parents are not saying enough. Um, One, because they might not have the vocabulary to teach it, which is totally fine. Or their teenager resists and acts like, oh, I know everything. Don't talk to me. Um, But the truth is these skills are actually not modeled, right? Like as parents, we model everything else. We model um, finances and communication and hygiene and how to clean your house. But this is something that they don't see in your marriage. And so what they do see is... Hollywood's interpretation or pornography, which I think we all know is not the healthiest form of sexuality um, that's being displayed in models for our kids. And so I would say the number one thing is saying nothing and, and having those conversations are huge. That's the biggest problem is to say nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or I think as a second thing I see is parents say, you're going to be just fine. It's natural. It's going to be great. And then when it's not, (laughs) your kids feel broken. They feel like there's something wrong and they're not going to come to you and talk about it. They just kind of shove it under the rug and it's just a sore spot in their marriage for years because why isn't this working for both of us? Why don't we like this? Um, or this is painful. And because we kind of just made it so casual and we didn't give them enough resources and tools that they just feel feel terrible in their marriages.
2: And all alone, oh, all nope. heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah it and sadly,
0: is. I think this leads to too many, you know, unnecessary. Whether it's, it's honeymoons or it, it's the early, you know, weeks and months of relationships, and to start out like that, uh, where it's ah, this isn't what what I thought. I guess the expectations are really high, and really this this heartbreak it's it's really unnecessary when you can do a little bit of education uh, up front, right?
1: It goes a long way, you know, because without it, it can create this trauma response. That's quite heartbreaking, you know, that once you've had a bad experience, then you expect it the next time. And then your body and your brain will naturally have those responses. um, And it can last, this feedback loop can last for years. And so if we can just, you know, front load this beforehand and, and give couples information, I think we could prevent a lot of issues. And I think strong marriages make strong families, which make strong communities. And it has this ripple effect, yeah. So it's
2: it's important. It's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Your class, Stacey, is my favorite wedding gift to give engaged couples who are about to be married. And they're not only happy with it, but guess who else is really thrilled that I've given them that gift? Their parents.
0: Yeah. Right? Oh. Right. <laughs> they, they, they,
2: their parents said they didn't have to have that talk, right? Mm-hmm. One of my mm-hmm. cousins said that to me recently. He goes, Oh, Liz. Phew. He goes, Thank you for having that. And my other cousins or nephews were a little jealous that they, too, didn't have that course, or at least I didn't know about it soon enough. But now I do, and everybody I know knows about this. I remember even telling you, Dave, right, when I heard that Chandler was getting married, it's like, oh, you got to know about Stacy's course. Yes. So Yeah, I, I get I, that feedback a lot. I bet you do. And some parents have even emailed
1: them, and said that they watch it with their kid. Because, right, they're a little nervous. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not... They don't know me; they're not sure what they're what's going to happen, and so they sit down and watch it with their their adult child, and they're they say, "Oh man, you said all the things I wanted to say, but didn't know how to say it and then it opened up the lines of communication for us to then talk further and so, yeah, I think there's a lot of ways it can be watched and
2: used that is great, primarily, you also say having the couple watch it together, right? this the mm-hmm. bride and groom to be could watch it together or husband and wife, mm-hmm. whoever it is. Anytime I mention this course to my couples uh, who are seasoned and in my, my therapy practice, they all say the same thing. It's like, where was this when we were getting married? Mm-hmm. It could have saved so much turmoil, Stacy. because you're right. There is some traumatic events that exist for years in the marriage and never get talked through or even understood. I almost wonder if it's not too late for some of those couples to see this as well and to really try to heal some of the injuries. For sure, I know the the couple that I'm aware of
1: that was the longest in their marriage was six years, and they said that they watched it, and they were like, "Oh, I didn't realize x, y, and Z that was so helpful. So I mean, it is designed for, yeah. you know a, a a younger couple, but it's anyone can take it, and sometimes it's just a nice refresher or it's you have an aha moment um, you bet. of how that could help
0: yeah. Stacey, i I think that. Uh, you said this before. You said it's important to start family planning conversations um, early on in, in their relationship. Why is that?
1: I think we need to be able to have those conversations the same way we can talk about finances, hmm. your job, school. I mean, this is your person, right? You've chosen to do life with this person, and you should be able to have conversations about all those things. And a common thing I see in our culture is we get married fast, right here in utah and sometimes we're still in that honeymoon phase and we're not always having those hard conversations and it the expectations are so high things don't always work out the, the way we think they will and so if we can kind of go through and talk about all these things of what what does this look like what's the timing who's going to be in charge of what what how how do we want this life to look i think that's going to alleviate a lot of future problems
0: yeah, and I think a lot of parents want to, you know, inform them. Maybe their previous generations, it was just you know taboo topic. We didn't talk a lot about it. But now they hear, you know, parents talk to them, talk to them. I just don't think that they quite know how to have the. And and I'm not a fan of the. Hey, we need to have the talk. It needs to be a conversation. Th- this like your video, your class can can really open things up. Then to okay, let's let's talk more about about this. And so it's it's not a one-time, let's have the, the sex talk, but let's really have a conversation that lasts months and years that we're open to questions. Talk to us. Even after you're married, talk to us uh, as parents or as, as a counselor, right?
1: Yeah, and it's just small snippets, right? Because there was a study done that I find kind of hilarious where parents said, like 90% of parents say, yes, we taught our kids. And then the kids were surveyed and they said no right? So obviously things are being lost in translation. And, uh, you know, I've worked with teenagers for a decade now, and I know that what comes out of my mouth doesn't always go in. And so a one-time conversation will not do the trick. And our kids develop, right? So the questions they might have at 12 are going to be very different than at 18. And so talking often is, is big. And, you know, one thing I've discussed with Liz in the past is, you know, if you're not an expert, that's okay, right? I, I know nothing about cars. You guys, I could do, <laughs> I can't teach anything to my kids about cars. I don't know the parts. I don't know what they do, why they're there, but I do know where to take my car and how often to take it. And then that's what I teach my kids. Like, Hey, kids, these are the experts we take our cars to. And then they take care of us. And so if you don't have the vocabulary, if you're not sure how to teach it, there are so many resources. Our jobs as parents, is not to be an expert, but it's to find resources for our kids so that when they leave the nest, they're prepared. And so I think parents should take that stress off of like, oh, I need to know all these things. No, you don't. But it is your job to connect your kids. So that's why I have my class. There's lots of people and lots of free resources out there to help you teach your kids. I love
2: that. What a relief to parents. They don't have to be the experts. Yeah. I've been teaching this for 10 years. So it's just, that's not fair
1: to say you need to teach at the level I would, where this has been my life's work. So
2: just connect them. And then early on, like you were saying, Dave, having those conversations for years, right? Before mm-hmm. so that your kids really do trust you. How, how early is too early? Stacey, Dave, what do you, what do you think about when should we start teaching our children about body parts and all of that? Day one? Oh,
1: I wouldn't say from day one, you know, teaching proper anatomical terms to your children when you're bathing them and changing their diapers and making it normal conversations and your kids show their readiness. You know, they will ask the questions as they're prepared, right? You'll, you'll notice with a toddler, you say, Oh, there's a baby in mommy's tummy. And they're like, Oh, wonderful. And they walk away and that's the end. Right. As they get older, it's like, well, how did it get there? And then you're like, Oh, well, mommy and daddy created that. And then they're okay with that. And then as they get older, they want more detail and that means they're ready. They're ready to learn. You know, um, one tip I love to give parents is, you know, a common situation is you're watching TV with your kids and something sexual pops up. Oh. And what do most parents do? Turn on,
2: yeah.
1: We change the channel. Yeah, close your eyes, change the channel. And I'm not saying don't do that, but that's the perfect time to pause and turn to your kids and say, what was wrong with this, right? Um, for Sorry. example, with my teenager, I, I mean, I don't have teenagers, but when I have teenagers say, You know, the problem with this, these people are not committed. They're not in a long-term committed relationship. This this scene on TV, they're having sex at work. That's not okay. That's a boundary issue. Oh, they're married, so they're cheating. That's not okay. We think this is really special and something that you should choose wisely, right? There's no consent shown. There's no communication shown. And you can teach that skill in 30 seconds by pausing the TV, saying, hey, kiddos, Listen. And then, okay, let's move on. You know, you still can skip that scene if you want, but that's the perfect chance to teach your kids.
2: Take those moments and milk Mm -hmm. them.
0: We'll be right back after this brief message.
2: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport.
0: (laughs) There's desperation and anguish.
2: More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.
0: Welcome back to the Stronger Marriage Connection podcast.
2: You're really trying to avoid this negative feedback loop, Stacey, that you refer to quite a bit. Do you mind just saying maybe just an, an overview one more time about that negative feedback loop? Sure. When you have a negative
1: experience and you are stressed or nervous, think about what your body does, right? T- typically, we tense up. Our, me- um, our muscles are tense. Our minds are racing. And so when that comes to sexuality, right, our muscles can tense. And especially for the female, Muscles tighten and it can create pain, especially in like the pelvic floor region. And so then now you're associating, okay, it might've started here. I'm nervous or I'm unsure. And now you're having pain. And then every, it just becomes this feedback loop where every time you have sex, you have pain or you have a stress response, your heart rate's elevated and your brain's racing and you are stressed out. And this can happen for years years and years. And at that point, like it really does require therapy to kind of break those cycles.
2: Mm. Well said. Thank you. Unnecessarily so. Pardon me, Dave. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, I I think that there are, there are many couples in that situation that have had that, that negativity and that feedback loop that they think now something's wrong with me. But I think for those go visit a doctor, you know, reach out and, Mm. and get help. Because there are, there are many helps that can uh, that are available that are out there to help couples.
1: Yeah, I received a call a couple months back. This girl just asked, "Can I call you and talk to you?" It's like sure, and she just said, "I feel so angry during sex, and like my body responds. And I'm so upset, and like I I'm uh, I'm mad, and I want to lash out. And as we like process it, obviously I'm not a you know a therapist, but I just said it's. Like, what's not being communicated? How are you feeling? And it was really sad to see, okay, after years of this experience, it's it's really escalated because those conversations didn't start early on. And that's why I think there's, you know, I have a list of questions that I give couples that are like, this is what you should talk about beforehand. This is what you should talk about once you're married. And then obviously, you know, your sexual life is progressive. You're going to have to have these conversations your entire life. But if we can start those conversations, making it more natural and comfortable to say what's working, what's not working, it does a world of wonder.
0: You know, speaking of conversations, Stacy, you, you mentioned how important that is. Tell, tell us about the conversation couples should have about the the honeymoon, about the you know the first the honeymoon and the first you know few days, the first few weeks, and, and, and months together. I think it feels like in our culture, at least, that it, it's this big lead up right to the big honeymoon mm-hmm. night. And for many, I think with the expectations that are just sky high about things that they've heard or seen or read about and all those steamy scenes and things. And then all of a sudden, this was a lot different experience than than what I thought. Tell us about that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, those expectations. And what I tell couples is I promise your honeymoon will not be the peak romantic experience of your life. You know, you're going to have years to perfect this and this will not be it. Like, sadly, it's not. And that should alleviate that pressure, you know, and um, there's a lot of conversations about weddings. They're a big ordeal. And we talk about colors and placement and invitations and fonts. And it's a little ridiculous because sometimes these couples are not having conversations about the things that really matter, you know, and so sitting down and and a lot of times couples think oh let's not talk about it like maybe it's not appropriate to talk about it before marriage and it is and it's essential so even basics as what's the plan for the honeymoon like where you know where are we staying and who's in charge of what and when are we going to use birth control and when will we start that and what are some side effects that we should be looking for and um on the honeymoon like what do we want it to look like do You know, everyone has a different preference and a different expectation in their mind. And it'd be good to kind of let that out and even share your fears. Like I'm nervous about dot, 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 so that your partner is aware and can help alleviate some of that stress because
2: it's going to be awkward. It's not going to be the most, again, the most romantic moment of your life. I love how you say bring two things to your wedding night, Stacey. Do you remember that conversation you and I had? something about um, lubrication and a slow process, right? Think a little (laughs) bit more about even just lubrication. Kids aren't really, uh, or young adults aren't really educated in that. Few of us are really.
1: Sure. Yeah. So the number one cause of pain for females during sexuality is, um, is a lack of lubrication. And so again, that's not something that TV shows are going to show. Pornography is going to show. And again, it's not modeled. And so, you know the body only creates so much lubrication, and if a sexual experience is lasting for a long time, it's just not going to be enough to make things comfortable. So having that on hand is is huge, and going slow is big. If if this is if you're coming from a limited sexual experience to this um, full blown sexual experience, because um, the body does have to prepare and to alleviate pain and discomfort, going slow is huge, and um, So I think,
2: I think that's a big big deal. Indeed.
0: Coming back to um, something we talked about earlier about how things are just different. Sometimes it's, it's messy. It's not this romantic thing. Sometimes we we just have to sometimes just laugh, maybe not laugh, not laughing at our partners, (laughs) but the situation and what's happening and disruptions or, you know, dog jumps on the bed or whatever it is. Why, why is, is humor so important?
1: Again, this is, you're setting your, your marriage up. Right. So if you want to be the type of couple that when hardship or something uncomfortable happens, you can giggle for a second, like what a beautiful marriage, you know? So it's this is going to be awkward. We're going to fumble over each other. Things might not work. Maybe someone toots, like heaven forbid. Right. And it's like, it's fine, you know? And just create that culture within your marriage of, we're going to have like, I'm going to decide I'm going to have a good time regardless of what actually happens. And we're here for connection. That's the main yeah. point of this and,
2: and dropping those expectations. It is kind of a, a funny wow. thing, isn't it? That, that these bodies fit together. I mean, it is, there's something really different about it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> different and wonderful, different mm-hmm. and beautiful at the same time. Um, yeah. You talk a lot about consent, Stacey, and how consent is not constant. You know, even in one sexual interaction, we have to really kind of keep checking in with each other. Is this okay? Does that feel okay? I love that college freshmen are getting an induction on consent. It's really being very seriously taken. What, What else do you want us to remember about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, in the last five years, it's become almost standard on every college campus because they realized, you know, the issues that were happening, right? One person thought this was... Consensual, And we're both having a great time. And the other person walked away and said, that's not my experience at all. And it was assumed because it was never said, you know, and the same thing can happen in marriage. And I think what a sad experience where you had such a great time. You thought, man, me and my partner, like, this is so great. We're connecting. It was pleasurable. And later you find out they hated that. And that's so sad. So with marriage, you know, marriage is not a green light to have Whatever you want to happen, you know your partner is their own separate person who still needs to consent. So, um, consent has to be clear. You know it needs to be expressed. So, a lack of a no is not a yes, right? Like when people are just being quiet, that does not mean that's a green light. You know it should be ongoing because sex is progressive. You don't do the same thing for thirty minutes, right? So it's, are you okay? Are do you like this? Does this feel good? And you just keep asking that, and that's the perfect way to have consent. Mm -hmm. Do you like this? Is this okay? Are you comfortable? Um, and they should feel like they can back out at any time. So it should be reversible, right? If that's any time they're like, I don't like that. They should feel comfortable enough to say it because you've left that Mm -hmm. space for them, you know? So, you know, marital rape can be an issue when it's not,
2: it's not communicated. No means no. And a no is really okay right? A woman who chooses to say no or a mm-hmm. man for that mm-hmm. matter. What, what do you advise then, Stacey? Mm-hmm. Let's say someone is really not open to some same uh, partner's not open to the same thing her husband's open to. Do, do you encourage them to d- discuss mm-hmm. and think of something different they both agree on?
1: Yeah. Have those conversations. Yeah. Have those conversations. And typically hmm. in the heat of the moment, that's not the best, right? So I would say if your partner says no, you take that as a no and later, while discussing things, that, that's when you can be more open. So in the heat of the moment, it's not the greatest time. And I think it's good to remind yourself that um, when you have to talk about these things, you're not critiquing someone's, like, how you are as a lover, right? Like, it, you're just communicating what you like and what you don't like. And for couples who've been remarried, I think they understand that the best because something that works really well in their first marriage, their next partner might not like at all so it's not you per se as a lover it's they don't like that you know so i know the the analogy i give people in my classes with cooking you know i kind of take over the cooking in my home because i want vegetables in my food and i'm kind of boring and i follow the recipe and so i told my husband hey i want your honest feedback when i try a new recipe because i don't want to cook this for 50 years and find out you hated this recipe you know and if you give me f- feedback it's not because i'm a bad cook i followed the recipe you know so when someone says hey i don't like it when you touch this or when you do that it doesn't it's not personal we can't personalize it and say oh well i'm a bad lover and they don't mm-hmm. like me and they're not attracted mm-hmm. to me no they just don't like that thing you know and so i think um talking about it like i said and And being open to maybe try some, like give it a try. If there's something like, I'm not quite sure, you know, obviously there might be things that you're like, absolutely. No, I'm not willing to do that. But sex is also progressive. What we feel comfortable with when we're brand newlyweds
2: that changes. And so it might be a no for now, you know, that's great. I think I see the greater damage too, in that people believing because we're married, you owe me this or right. Your body is, is mine too. I mean that's even a, a graver hurts. It seems like, mm-hmm. and and historically it's been from
1: the male experience, and that's why I feel passionate about my class. Is that I want to empower women to um, recognize themselves as sexual beings, and also teach men who, again, it's not been modeled. Of hey, this is a two way street, and if you really want true intimacy and to feel connected, both of you need to have a good time hmm. so let 's let 's figure that out
0: yeah tell, tell us more about that I, I think you 've hit actually a really important topic with that, that I think for a long time, in, in many women's minds, it is, this is for him and make sure that he's happy and that he's satisfied, that he has an orgasm, that that it's about that experience, instead of being a mutual, as you talked about connection, and we're this is a Stronger Marriage Connection podcast, and this is connecting in one of the most intimate uh, ways, but this experience needs to be uh, enjoyable, mutually enjoyable for both parties. Tell us more about that.
1: Well, I think those, Terrible traditions were passed on through parents, right? I've heard lots of stories of women saying, My mom told me that as long as he's happy, or, you know, or, um, or men saying like, Yes, yeah, she, she'll have the babies and that's what sex is, sex is for, you know, like I think how powerful would that be if men, dads took their son aside and said, Hey, make sure your wife mm-hmm. feels really good and here's some things that you should know. Right? Because it will feel amazing when you feel like you you yeah. did something to love her. Right. And then if moms took their daughters aside and said, Hey, did you know sex is for you too? And you have your body has the power to feel really good and to um, and to climax and have a good time, like I think we can change that
2: if generations would start passing that that's down. That's pretty cool. And it's the woman's body, especially, right? There's just that one part that's for pleasure only. Not right. Not on the men, but on the women. I think that's cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think so. And, and you need to teach that because a l- it's not always taught in high school health classes. You know, um, that was one of the shockers I had going from high school to like a college level sexuality class where full on body parts were, were left out, you know? So when I get to my college level, I'm like, man, I could count over five body parts that were not even taught in my high school class. And so again, if if your kid says, I already know that, I, I know what's going on, it's like, no, they don't. <laughs> and and
2: or sure, okay, if you know it, let's <laughs> review it. You know, let's let's go over it again. Oh, this has been a rich conversation. Yeah. Stacey, what what have we not asked you that you're hoping to leave with our listeners today? What what else?
1: It's not too late to start these conversations. It's not too late. So if you're a parent and you feel like oh man I messed it up. Guess what? It's not too late. It's not too late. Even if your kid's been married for six years, be like, Hey, here's, here's a book or, Hey, I really like this podcast. Or, um, just so you know, I want to make sure that you have a happy marriage in these ways, you know, or, um, if you are newlyweds and you're like, man, we didn't do all these things that these guys just talked about. Guess what? It's not too late. Like, we can change and it. progress, and you can have those conversations now. Yeah,
0: that's great. Stacey, where can people go to learn more, learn more about you, learn more about the course, the, the services you offer? My,
1: class, my website is trueintimacyclass.com, and then I'm also on social media, True Intimacy on Facebook and True Intimacy Class on Instagram. Oh, the best great.
2: wedding gift available, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's it's a gift that lasts a lifetime. You know, I always say a crock pot, that's cool, you know, but... Isn't that cool to gift this couple something that really will affect their marriage, their entire life? It's, it's totally worth it. And so I, I try to keep it in a price range that makes it easy as a, as a gift and can
2: help, help young couples. Oh, thank you for your great contribution, Stacey.
0: Yeah, this has been fantastic, Stacy. Before we let you go, we like to end each of our episodes with what we call a takeaway of the day—something that you really hope that listeners will will take away and and, uh, remember. Do you have have a takeaway of the day?
1: Takeaway is find resources and have a conversation. So, whatever, whichever role you play as a parent or a newlywed or you know a spouse or whatever, find some resources that you like could help and then have a conversation go to your partner and say hey by the way this is what i like and what i don't like and just have a conversation if you're a parent hey i would love you to read this book or hey i just want you to know about this you know and and just get a find a resource and start a conversation and let the ball let the ball roll
0: yeah yeah so important thank you liz do you have a takeaway for us
2: you know, just that it's never too late. I love how Stacy said that. It's never too late, never too late to learn how to do it better, right? We we go as mm-hmm. we grow. We we grow as we go.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Dave, yeah. what about you? Yeah,
0: you know the the whole consent thing. I I love that. Mm-hmm. I think it's very very important and can't be overlooked. That there's consent before in a relationship, as you go during, no matter how long you've been together, been been married. I still think that, yeah, that the consent goes both ways in making sure that you're both on the same uh, same page as, as far as that goes. So, well, well, Stacey, this has been such a great conversation, uh, an important one, and an ongoing conversation as we've talked about. This yeah. is an important topic. We hope to bring more experts on the talk about this important topic of sexual intimacy in, in relationships. And that's all for now, my friends. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope to see you next time. thanks for joining us today. Do us a favor and take a few minutes if you haven't already to subscribe to our podcast and the Utah Marriage Commission YouTube channel. Leave a review and share with a friend. You can also follow and message us on Instagram at Stronger Marriage Life and on Facebook at Stronger Marriage. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what topics you want us to explore or what you loved about today's episode. And don't forget to check out our website, StrongerMarriage.org, for show notes and more great resources from the Utah Marriage Commission for improving your relationship connection. Finally, big thanks to Utah State University Extension, Rex Polanis, and the Utah Marriage Commission for producing each episode.